welcome to the Proper Mental Podcast. Normalising open and honest conversations about mental health by having open and honest conversations about mental health. Welcome to another episode of the Proper Mental Podcast. It's episode 60. That's a really nice round number, right? I can't believe I've done 60 episodes. That's awesome. If you're new to the podcast, thank you very much for joining me. I really appreciate it. And if you've been listening for a while, well, thank you very much for listening for a while. I really appreciate that too. It's great, man. 60 episodes. And I'm not stopping now. I've got, crikey, maybe up to about 65 already recorded. And I've got, I'm starting to book weeks ahead. So I reckon if they all come off, that'll take me into the early 70s at least. So yeah, we're not stopping anytime soon. Going to keep going. I would absolutely love to tell you who I've got coming up because I've got some, I've had some really amazing chats and I've got some really exciting things coming up. But I can't because sometimes things fall through, right? I had one the other day and I was so excited about it. I nearly put it on Instagram and it fell through at the last minute and I'm so glad I didn't announce it because I'd look a right fool. But um, I'd made the artwork and anything. I was really getting ahead of myself and that reminded me just to just slow my roll and put them out when they're ready to come out. No messing about. But anyway, this is episode 60 and it's a great episode. It's with Lee Pennington, who's the founder of the Open Door Charity, which is a young person's uh, mental health resource. Um, it's delivered by young people. It's for young people and they're based on the Wirral, which is where I live. Uh, they're one of the largest independent providers of talking therapy in Merseyside and it's one of the most progressive organisations of its kind in the UK and they offer free immediate access to their range of therapeutic support options. So there's no waiting list at the open door. You know, you can sign on as a member and start within a few days, which is um, pretty incredible really. And so I was lucky to um, sit down with Lee in person at the Bloom Building, which is where the Open Door are based. And um, because of that, you know, the Bloom Building is a um, is a coffee shop and there's other things going on there is where all the support is offered. So in the background, there's doors slamming and voices and music and stuff like that. And I really um, I really quite like that. It just adds something to the conversational nature. You know, that's the sort of vibe that I'm going for. And me and Lee sit down. And we just have a chat. We talk about the process of setting up a charity on your own with no previous experience. We also chat about why he decided to do it. And then he just kind of takes me through the roller coaster of the last 10 years of having an independent charity and working in mental health. And it's fascinating, really, because the conversation around mental health is just is changing all the time. And it was just really interesting to get someone who's kind of, you know, on ground level with that stuff, working in the local community and just chat about how that conversation has changed and is changing and, you know, what is possible in the future. We get into the work that they do at the Open Door, you know, how it works, the sort of the the pathway, really, the journey that someone would go on if they access support through the Open Door and all the different things that are offered there. We talk about the future plans. There's some really big things coming. I'm not going to spoil it by banging on about it now, but it's really, really exciting stuff. And Lee is just a great bloke and it's a really great conversation. And we cover so much ground. It's really, really interesting. I felt like I learned a lot from it. 
and it was a lot of fun as well. But I just I love the open door. I love everything that they're about. I like Lee's way of looking at things. It's really inclusive. It's all about hearing everybody's voices and bringing all the different things together. And I think it's really, really easy when it comes to mental health because because there's so many people that are passionate about it and there's so many people that are talking about it on social media. It's really, really easy to kind of scream from the rooftops about, you know, the broken system and the waiting lists and medication and all this sort of stuff. And what um, Lee and the guys down at Open Door are doing is just to kind of bring everything together you know, so there's a need for everything. Everything has its place at a different time in a different way. And they're kind of looking at getting everyone to work together, basically to serve the people that need to be served, to look after the people who need to be looked after. So it's not about taking things away. It's not about like ripping up the rule book. It's just about looking at the, the most comprehensive way to look after people's mental health. And I just kind of, yeah, I just love everything about it. I just think it's brilliant. And yeah, it was a real pleasure to have this conversation. Um, if you'd like to follow um, the Open Door on social media, they are at the OD Charity, or you can go to at Bloom underscore Building. You can also go to the website, which is opendoorcharity.com. I've also put a link in the episode notes to the recent Dr. Alex documentary, the uh, young mental health crisis that he did for BBC Children in Need, because um, Lee is interviewed on that. And you get to have a bit of a, a look around the Bloom building there and hear for some people who are accessing um, support through the charity as well. So that's really cool. And the, that documentary, as a side note, is um, it's a really emotional watch. Yeah, it's really interesting and it's very touching. If you're interested in mental health, which you must be because you're listening to this podcast, then um, yeah, if you haven't watched it, check it out. It's really, really cool. As ever, if you'd like to get hold of me, email me through the website, propermentalpodcast.com or connect with me via social media at propermentalpodcast. You can support the podcast financially at buymeacoffee.com slash propermental. And the best way to support is to rate, review, subscribe, tell your nan, share it on social media, scream it from the rooftops, all that sort of stuff. Just help me get it into as many ears as possible. That's everything you need to know from me. This is episode 60 of the Proper Mental Podcast with Lee Pennington from the Open Door Charity. Thank you very much for listening. Enjoy. So here we are with another episode of the Proper Mental Podcast and I'm joined today by Mr. Lee Pennington. How are you, mate? Very good, thank you. Oh, mate, thank you very much for coming on. I really, really appreciate your time. I've, um, I was looking forward to this one, mate. Whenever I'd be chatting to someone local, like whether it's like through work or if I saw them out and about and they're chatting about the podcast and what you've got coming up, so many people have said to me, have you spoke to Lee about coming on? Have you got Lee on? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, so. uh, it's, it's similar whenever, uh, whenever I, or whenever I've been at like meetings in Liverpool, I mean, everyone does the same thing with uh, Jake Mills. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. God, you've got to speak to Jake Mills. you got to... And like I have, and you know, sound and everything. So it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, give the people. That's it, mate. Give the people what they want. That's what I say. Yeah. So we're recording here um, at the Bloom Building, which is kind of, I suppose it's like the mothership for kind of all the different things that that happen through here and through your charity. Can we start by, could you just tell us a little bit about kind of what goes on here and the sort of stuff that you do with the Open Door? Yep. So, um, I mean, the. The Open Door Charity, it, 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 it's ever-evolving, so like whatever we're doing at any given time, we're probably not doing exactly the same things six months after that, but we've got some core, like, um, 
pillars that run throughout it really so like you know if you, if you to boil it down the charity is here to provide free of charge immediate to no waiting list sort of creative therapeutic services for young adults who are feeling depressed anxious stressed low and panic attacks all that sort of um conversation and provide those interventions and therapeutic services in a way that is like not the norm it's about like engaging the disengaged around mental health and like ultimately trying to like flip the process of access and support like that that like typically it's in clinical environments in clinical worlds by clinical people but the idea is to like make it exciting and bright and interesting and the people who provide support people like you build lived experience into the process build like um, you know, sharing that lived experience and peer-to-peer sorts of conversations centrally within it and make it exciting and make it interesting and make it something that you look forward to. And, you know, I was uh, I was challenged the other day, we were saying about like, you know, it's not always when someone's doing counselling, for example, it's not always like the highlight of their week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. people, and it was challenged on that, rightfully so. And it's like, you know, I'm saying that people don't enjoy getting anything from counselling, and I'm, I'm not. But I'm just saying if we can make it, deliver it in a space that people want to spend the time, delivered by people who they want to spend the time with, it just sits in a different place and different headspace in people's minds, really. So you've got that s- strand about like people coming and becoming a member of the charity and getting that sort of uh, experience from it. But at the same time, to provide that, we recruit and train and upskill uh, probably upwards of 200, 300 uh, young adults, typically, although we have people of all ages above 18 who act as mentors with us, training and upskilling them to become mentors and actually to be the people who are delivering that experience for the people who are coming in. Um and ultimately, that be as transformation uh, uh, as transformational. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. As transformational as an experience as is feasibly possible for people who want to get involved in this organisation. So we get people who have who are on some sort of learning trajectory, or going to university, or college, or working in some sort of related sector, and they want to gain experience. But as many people as we get from that sort of space, we get people. Who are who've been there themselves, had experience of what we're supporting around, who want to channel that experience, which is you know probably a somewhat negative ex- life experience, into a really really positive outcome in the lives of others. So, you know, we get people who with no experience who just want to get involved. Who've got a spare hour or two a week, train up skill, and they actually, in terms of the frontline therapeutic functions of the organisation, they actually deliver that. Um, you know, we get people with it for. You know, a couple of months doing that as well as people for a couple of years but it's like the idea is we want to make sure that it is completely bespoke so the experience completely bespoke for everybody coming in uh, and they get what they need from it and what they what everyone needs or wants from it is different so it's about us doing our best to make sure that what we do wraps around people's needs rather than like you there we've got an experience here you come and fit in with us it's about like do you want to get involved in this world? Come to us and we'll fit around you. So we're on a, a journey really to, to to hopefully a place where that is like absolutely the way that we work. And then the third strand is all of, I mean, if you talk about that second one, it's usually that lives in training, employability, university land. And the first one, the support side, lives in 
clinical doctors waiting rooms you know private counseling center land trying to sit all of that within the field and the arena and the space of culture and music and art and community and exhibitions and galleries and festivals and all of the types of things that people uh, of a young adult demographic want to be doing and spending with the time we do as much of the stuff around that as we do anything to do with mental health but that marriage of mental health support training lived experience altruism culture music art gigs joy fun uh mix all those things together and um the you know the cake that is cooked with that is hopefully like the bloom building you know yeah yeah oh mate that's awesome here you like lay it all out like that all the different facets and stuff you know it's incredible it's really powerful you know it's really really exciting and i think like you know the more traditional route for um mental health support like you say is very clinical it's very sterile it's very um cold you know and it's also very separate from life but here the focus seems to be very much combining it with the other aspects of life right making it warm making it bringing it all together under the under one roof ultimately we haven't got a pro a project or signs on the wall that say it but like we want people to feel when they come in here that like going through a period of feeling low or stressed or anxious or getting panic attacks or whatever is the most normal thing in the world and there's like and there's things you can do about it and there's and and of those things that you can do about it some of them are about giving you control back over your life and over your thinking and giving you tools and skills it's not none of what we do is about doing for people it's about sharing what's worked for the people who've designed this organization with as many people as they can and similar to what's going on with you in the podcast it's like it's like you know sharing good news and and sharing good perspectives and people who with like intelligent modern progressive innovative takes on the world uh, you know the world of mental health for for example it's like sharing that far and wide and, and like it's very 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 simple what what we do but like it's it's not that common which again is something that we want to change and like without without straying too much into a different conversation it's like i i view like another function of this organization is to is for somebody who has wanted to do something like this or cares about making change or wants to like be part of the solution to you know this whatever we call it the crisis in young people's mental health or suicide rates or whatever it is you want to be part of the solution you can be and you can create something because like what um we have created here over 10 years is something that like you know it's totally exciting totally radical to the norm but totally simple totally achievable and like you know very few of the people who work here or have been involved in building this are coming from a i've done that before place <laughs> yeah you know it's people who were you know there's only two members of staff i think who are over 30 like now and that's with you know the organization as it is now it's 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 about like people who cared about the same things like coming together and, and i'd, I'd want to just shout to anyone listening if you've got a good idea or you want to give something a go do it it's not hard there's like don't be put off by oh you got to register the cic or you got to do this and you got a charity commission it's like it's all easy if the idea is good that's it that's 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 all you need and that's what like 
I can say with confidence because that's you know that's been my life for the past <laughs> ten yeah. years. You know, because I I had no track record. I was like uh, delivering the milk with my dad and doing the removals and stuff like that. And in uh, before I started this and everything, so it's like you know, if the local milkman can do it then. Yeah, yeah. Let's all give it a go. Yeah, I mean? that's it. Definitely. I mean, you know, while you while you touch on that, where did the idea come from, Lee? Like, how did this how did this start to how did this go from the from the milk round to being what it what it is now? Where did that come from? Uh, so I um, went. I I grew, I grew up in uh, Liscard and um, you know, I've got mates in Liscard and Wallasey and New Brighton and like. Um, went to Moston school and all that and then was coming to the end of school and like my brother had gone to university in Leeds and we'd been up on stage with him and I thought like oh, I'll have a, a little bit of that like like, the, like the, uh, the sound of that I was always playing in bands with my mates and stuff and then my mates who were in a band with were going to Leeds as well so I thought well we can keep the band together and go up there um, and so I thought well I want to go to uni in Leeds uh, I thought the most the thing that subject in school that I'm most interested in is psychology but I don't like the idea the psychology was in 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 sixth form was all about like learning these like studies and like you have to revise and I'm a bit lazy when it comes to stuff like that, like that. so I thought <laughs> I'll do something that's interesting to do with psychology or whatever that like ultimately like hasn't got many exams so I think it, it got to clear in uh and I um yeah, yeah, no, I'm just sort of checking, tweaking and checking. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, mate. And, um, and there was a counselling and therapeutic studies. And I thought, wow, that sounds interesting. And, you know, it doesn't sound like there'd be many exams. It'd probably be like practising being a counsellor or whatever. Applied for that, got on it, went to uni for three years, had a great time, came out of it, not wanting to be a counsellor, but, like, thought I'll get some sort of related job or, like, career going in, in that similar space or, you know, healthcare or so, something like that. And then just like couldn't pass a job interview, was like I was pro- probably didn't help. That I was probably not that employable at the time because all I wanted to do was play music and go out with me mates and go to festivals and go to Ibiza and and all that. <laughs> but uh, just couldn't couldn't catch a break and 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 like went went on for a couple of years and that. And then I was like living on unhealthy lifestyles in a shared house and you know uh, spend a lot of time like socializing with with my friends if you want to call call it that <laughs> um and a few other things going on in, in my life and I, I split up with my girlfriend for a period and um a few things like that and like all of a sudden i just noticed like i was just behaving like in some ways like different than i was before like i'd never thought that i was i was anxious or got an- anxiety or panic and uh, panic attacks and all of a sudden i started getting like panic attacks and it was like uh you know it'd be like once every three months and then that become once every 10 weeks and then once every but right down to like it was like a thing that was like you know effect affecting and affecting the way i wanted to live my life and like uh so there was other stuff like i, I, I couldn't like sleep in my bed so i had a city in my room and i was sleeping on that and, and all of this stuff like as someone who'd gone to uni and studied for three years, mental you know, mental health and counselling and all, it just didn't click until until like uh, yeah, it was pretty like bad and getting in the way. Like I say, getting in the way with the way I wanted to live my life. And I thought I think I might be like depressed or anxious here, but it's taken that long 
for someone who studied it to identify that to yeah, you know, yeah. another conversation like what how what chance has anyone got who hasn't even lived in that headspace like but like I thought I'll do something about this so like I googled uh, like you know I think it was something like counselling or what to do uh, you know if you're depressed or anxious and, and like there was nothing came up and um, I was just like I wouldn't have gone to the doctors about it in fact I didn't I don't think I even thought at that time I mean we're talking 11 years ago now I don't even think I even thought at that time that you'd go to the doctors about something like that yeah I was exactly the same when I was poorly I would never even thought did not even cross my mind to ring a doctor yeah yeah yeah, yeah. as well as you don't know you, you're not well yeah <laughs> you know exactly I mean? yeah um, and and stuff like that yeah, I didn't want to I wanted to talk to my mates about it or my mum and dad or anyone, anyone like that so I thought like well I'll I'll do something about it, you know. I've been and studied this stuff. Um, if there's nothing out there, I'll make something for the me or my mates as regular, like what twenty twenty three or something year year olds would walk up to the front door of, would feel like, oh, this is designed with me in mind. Would be a comfortable comfortable walking through the front door, make sure now I felt like this. I think I could make a really good job of supporting other people in a similar situation. So fill it with people who'd want to do that. And then, you know, I can build in all the gig side stuff and everything. And, and like back then the conversation was understandably more about like, let's get people talking about mental health and let's like blow apart stigma and all that, which is still a thing, but like, you know, without, without straying off point, it's, it's only, it's only one part and probably the lesser part of the conversation now in, in my view yeah I agree um, and link all that into it and everything I've just said at the start of this conversation is exactly the same as what I had in mind about what we would provide and the pillars of it and I, I actually can back that up because I, I reread the original funding bid in fact I haven't said about the funding bid but I reread the original funding bid and it's exact. it describes exactly what we do today really in yeah in that space of the charity I didn't say before we do, you know, we do loads loads more and we work we do stuff around you know working with kids in care and like mm-hmm. you know basically working with the nhs and local authority to sort of help them to come up with innovative solutions to issues but like the core pillars those three pillars are exactly the same but i was i was sat there and, and i thought well i'll give that a go i went to the job center and uh, because i was claiming dole at the time and stuff and uh, i said can i set this up and just volunteer at it and they were like no 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 so, so i thought well, i'm gonna have to get some funding so googled funding and then i think i i do I downloaded a business plan template from google filled it in with the idea um google funding found reaching communities from the lottery which for those who aren't, aren't aware it's like big you know six figure lottery money which i applied for that and that must have been like laughed out of the offices because like <laughs> no track record no nothing you know local milkman no you know not happening yeah yeah um but then the second pot of funding uh, that, that I just Googled, the second thing that came up was the Fair Share Trust. So it's being distributed by the Community Foundation for Merseyside. And it's about distributing lottery money where it hadn't evenly been distributed. And oh, okay. Listcard hadn't had its fair share. So I applied for, it was £29,440. Number that's etched, etched into, me, uh, <laughs> into the inside of my head. But, and like, they, they went for it. And which is just like, across all of this 10-year story, you know, I, I definitely don't feel it's downplaying, like, my involvement or anyone else's to say that, like, it's just been key milestones of total luck. So, like, the local built man to get 
30 grand to open something with no track record just like didn't happen then and doesn't happen now but did and then so the letter came through and I thought God, I'm gonna to have to uh, actually deliver this now so I found a little unit in Liscard because I thought well it needs to be close because I don't want to travel much and you know the needs here and I'm designing it yeah, for me and yeah. my mates potentially so like should be there um, and I got the keys and then um, yeah we opened in November 2011 and then no one came for six months and like <laughs> I was thinking am I gonna to have to like ask me mum and dad to like remortgage the, hou- the houses and to, to like pay this money back to the lottery because like we've essentially wasted it because no one's coming yeah. and all and that. I was going to say I bet when that check came through I bet you felt like oh this is so much money and then it just started everything you had to get up and running I bet you burnt through it pretty quick to get started right it's like the, the, the cheapest I mean everything was just like charity shop and like you know donations and all that sort of stuff but like you start to get a a grasp on like the price of like a shop sign <laughs> and like <laughs> it's just like and it all adds up but like you know we we did it on like no budget you know and it, and and then yeah the first six months i just made it my business to go out and make sure that um people knew about us and you know you're going to family support teams or social services or schools or whatever it is and all of a sudden pretty much about the six months point there's there's people started to trickle in and we we ended up at the end of year one it was 52 people who we who had come in and we'd supported. Nice. Which the target was 50. What I said to Lossie was 50. And it was like, you know, even before that point, it's not a case of like, okay, that activates more money because it doesn't. Cause, and that's one of the things that like the major challenges of any third sector organization, you're constantly chasing money uh, and you're constantly creating new projects and new streams of generating grant funding or whatever else income. But we... In, during the year in the second half of the year I'd written a few grants and then that picked up the cost and then everything just very very naturally and very very slowly to be to be honest like organically grew so you had a period of like you know say 30 grand a year turnover with me in a room supporting 50 people a year with about 10 mentors fast forward seven and a half years we're probably up to like 70 people a year that we were uh, no 70 people, more like 100 people a year that we were supporting or more yeah so call it 120 people a year with a team of about 25 mentors and there was myself and then Greg and then Adele so there's three of us sort of working there but like we just outgrown the site and the place in this card I, I purposely chose it originally to be like um super small because I thought if no one comes and it doesn't feel empty I remember th- thinking <laughs> yeah, that thought yeah. um, but then that back- backfired after a couple of years when it was just too small <laughs> but um, we never had the opportunity to move because we didn't have you know recurrent funding of a scale that would pay what we needed but then uh, I managed to like you know wrestle us into being a subcontractor on the IAPT so it's improving access to psychological therapies contract for Whittle uh, which generated uh, for three years a decent amount of, of of income for us to do essentially our work anyway in supporting X amount I think we said 500 people a year um, which we thought if we're growing we can we can do that so it was time to move and then when uh, I didn't just want to create a bigger open door centre as it was then I wanted to use the opportunity to take everything all the personality of the charity and all the different pillars of our work and all the things that make up what we do and the aesthetics of it and make make it 
in terms of build out bricks and mortar build a space that feels like all the things we're here for and make sure it's purpose-built to achieve that so with the bloom building we've got like an area where it's like an art center so we do gigs and we do events and we do festivals and exhibitions and stuff like that there's a coffee shop and there's stuff where there's you know support groups going on during the week but just a good place to be for people who want to spend the time and have a coffee and meet people at the same time uh, as well as other parts of being being building being compartmentalized to having like its own set purpose and giving us like 10 sheds on site to do the support that we on the numbers that we need and everything like that as well as with the generating with the uh, cafe and all that generating like sustainable revenue and growing not just in a way that we need more grants growing in a way that was more sustainable and everything and then you know go what what that's done as soon as we arrived and created the bloom building everything's just exploded you know the 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 reputation of the charity, the reach of the charity, the demand on our services, the opportunities available to us in terms of like what we do in the areas of community that we do it. Um, and it's just been tra- totally transformational. And what's come out the other end is something that is, you know, I think um, it's been said to us that, you know, people from Whittle should be proud of, you know, because it's very like, much so. It stopped being Lee's thing a year and a half in, two years in, and I'm totally convinced by that. Now what is here is the sum of a totally driven, connected, passionate, uh, caring, intelligent people who've been involved at all stages of our journey. And hopefully it feels like that, and those people take pride in it, and also the people who, I mean, we must have, I don't know the number, but 1,500 mentors over the years. Like Every single one of them, like, no should know that they have played a big part in it you know and, and everyone who wants to get involved moving forwards and like ultimately it's not only create something that's great in terms of ticking over and we'll be here forever or whatever it's also like set the scene for what the future holds which is like very very exciting to the point of it feeling like more of a crossroads now than it ever has in terms of like um open door charities place in the world and its significance in the world and numbers that we're able to reach and the ways in which we're able to reach them yeah. yeah i kind of think like if people were to write down all the things that we need to like improve mental health or maintain good mental health or however you want to say it the there's this list of things that we could come up with and they're not really mentioned when we go down the traditional route for help you know, yeah. so a lot of the things that you've got going on here that you've like the mentors take people through and stuff, it's not that's not what you get in the, the normal system, you know. And I think like the the system becomes normal because it's always been. Yeah. But it almost seems daft, doesn't it, when you talk about what's happening here and you think, Well, why isn't this the norm? Why isn't this the the rollout everywhere? Because yeah. it just makes so much more sense, doesn't it, you know? To add, add, I totally agree. But but I I always challenge myself, and 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 would and would put it to other people that like, this isn't for everyone, you know. And 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 I don't think people who should see this and think that we this should replace the norm. Be, what it should be is a totally different alternative for someone who is unable or unwilling to access what's there anyway. You know. So it's like the whole like going to counselling through the doctor's stuff some people totally fairly would prefer that yeah sure feel like you get yeah. a different style and 
nature of intervention and you've got a professional and serious and mm. uh, you know trained or whatever <laughs> yeah, whatever you yeah. whatever you call it but other people are totally turned off by that so i think the role of this is 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 to underline giving giving people choice you know in in exactly the same way of like where would you cho- choose to buy your clothes you don't just have one shop you should be able to buy your clothes in a place that speaks your language and drink your coffee in a space that speaks your language filled with people who you know probably vote the same as you and um everything like that um so it's, so it's it's like yeah it's about being complimentary and making sure that it does compliments and we don't duplicate what's going on and that's i think one thing that's played a big part in our success is about like truly embracing partnership and like working with people across statutory uh, public private third sector whatever 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 it might be working truly in partnership and solving problems together and people respond respond really well to that um and it brings the best out of things and people and organizations because like you know we can't do everything you know even within the space of mental health and young adults for example but we can offer a lot to a conversation if you thought of a consortium of people anyone working to that remit that very specific remit in Wirral we need to be involved in that conversation but there's other people who need to be involved at the same time you know yeah sure yeah I suppose it's very easy like I suppose that's me kind of seeing it and being um you know because it is exciting you know and saying but this is it this is the one but when you say it like that big picture thinking then of course everyone needs you know they need what they need right they need uh and that can change at different time and we've all got to have all got to have different options and, yeah and, and ultimately this being here and, and like and sorry i didn't mean to sort of challenge if i saw this i'd be totally like head over heels like <laughs> i get it because because it speaks to it speaks to my world yeah you know I mean? yeah of course like, which i think as someone who's played a part in leading it and so closely of of course it's going to speak that's one of the things that keeps me awake at night i'm like am i just building something for, for me because <laughs> like which i don't which i don't think i am you know what i mean but like i think and just to touch on how we complement everything else that's out there I think, and you, and you, t- you just on this a second ago, like it's about like we attract, we attach huge weight and huge significance in the things that other things and places and people working in this space don't. So it's like the invisible things, so the atmosphere in the room and the um the invisible things when you sit down with someone who you know is a volunteer and you know that they've probably been there themselves that connection mm. like and that like this person gets me that you'll, you'll never you probably never have that conversation with the person but this building and this organization is full of them and we try and make sure that we shout about that you know but not to the point of like it becoming like too like look everyone we're all together we're all you know like cult, culty yeah <laughs> you know it's like although we did we did this was a couple of years ago we, we downloaded this to, to be classed as a cult there's a uh, there's like a, a check checklist right, that you yeah. need to go through and we went through and um i think yeah we 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 met the the diagnosis <laughs> of, pretty high. Of, uh, yeah. of being a cult but uh yeah it's probably not something we want to want to shout about but it's those invisible things and i don't i don't think again it's the simplicity in that but it's quite a unique angle and it's like it's it's important to us the atmosphere you know that and in terms of the vibe 
the yeah. the uh, the calling people mate rather than Mister Smith. You know, you've got some stuff there that is we need policies around. So don't you know don't call people like they're going to the doctors or they're in the doctor's waiting room, for example. You got other stuff that is just built into the DNA of the organisation and by the people who want to be involved with it. Yeah. Not being empathic and sensitive and like, listen, I get you. I get where you're coming from. You're not always going to feel like this. You can do something about it. All that sort of thing, really. Yeah, I suppose the vibe comes down to the people that are that are here, right? To the people that are, that are working here and spending time here. And that's, you know, it's like a, almost a collective energy that just comes out in that, that yeah. passion for, for what they do. Which supports what I say there about like it not being... Because still people do see me as some sort of like figurehead within the organisation because I set it up. But I set it up 10 years ago when it, when I was 23. And exactly what you've said there about the whole atmosphere and the whole personality organisation being driven by the pe- people within it, totally agree. Mm. Yeah, It's almost like it's been sort of taken taken out of your hands really you know and it's just become this this thing it is it is what it is and yeah, yeah. that's awesome man is yeah. that was really interesting to me the like the whole conversation about mental health and you said before like when you started 10 11 years ago i mean that my conversation must have been non-existent you know that must have been a, a strange time for me talking about these things because there are certain areas in society or certain more maybe certain um age groups that are still a little bit like you know mental health doesn't exist or it's not the thing that people want to talk about there's still all that stigma about it yeah um that must have changed hugely right over the over the years it it was never it was never on my i can only talk about what i know about it was never on my radar whatsoever i mean it it, in some ways it was um you know i've had uh, close friends whose um brothers have taken their own lives and um that that was that was before one was be, one was before the charity and totally totally was on, was in me thinking when I started it and one was not long after the charity opened and again totally came into me thinking about like this needs to be here and it needs to develop so like the, there's that but in terms of like why they're like let's tackle stigma like let's change the world of mental health that what it just wasn't on wasn't on the radar it wasn't on the radar of me and my mates and people like us. Um, and then I think it was probably even a couple of years in you like I think it was probably like people like Ricky Hatton or like Freddie Flintoff or, or, or some one of the, some of these people coming out and um, conversation sort of emerging around, around around mental health and like let's talk about it and stuff like little bits were going on but I'd still say it's literally the last like five years if that that. It's on the radar in a in a totally different way. I mean, people like Tyson Fury, like, it's just like so important, like, mm. and so vital, and so like brave, and you know, and, and I, I, I think it's fairly obvious that him being the way he is and talking so open about it is part of his healing, recovery, like yeah, managing sure. his life, whatever you want to call it, thing. But it's so so important. But what I'd say further than that is like the con- so so in terms of let's talk about mental health, it's moved forward. We have mm-hmm. it was slow at first, and now it's raced to the point where the demographic that we're working in and and younger, it's in some ways it's gone fit like the other way where it's sort of cool and it's sort of like hip and something that your pop stars talk about and you yeah. think wait there do you do you do you mean 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 that yeah. you know what I mean yeah. and like. I think that's true. Totally a good thing. Even if they don't, there's a conversation going on because conversations 
are public conversations about issues are great not just when they're the conversation you agree with even if it's something you don't agree with the fact that conversations happen publicly is the important thing yeah but the world has not evolved whatsoever in terms of provisions for people to um do something about their mental health yeah and and again I'm, i'm I'm talking mainly about depression, anxiety, low mood, stress, panic attacks, all that thing. And I'm talking probably even within like people who are typically usually doing all right and then all of a sudden or over a period of time or something's happened and found themselves feeling like that. Mm. I just, uh, you know, it's the same old story of go your doctors, the waiting lists aren't any shorter, the waiting lists are longer than ever in cam services, for example, and stuff like that. But again, it's not, it's not the fault of people working in cam services. It's the fault of a system. I, I think there's a lot of comparisons with the with the impact of file sharing and Napster and all that okay. on the music industry. The music industry wasn't built for it. It didn't see it coming, mm. and then it landed. And it's the same. It's the same with social media and policing. It's, they weren't ready for it. Yeah, and it's landed, and it's like the wild west because there's no governance and there's no. You can't build your responses when you're already in the thick of crisis. You can't invent the weapons on the battlefield. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, you know it's like mean? jumping on a moving bike or something, isn't it? You know, you're always just slightly behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I think it's the same. Yeah, mental health services like didn't see this wave, which is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger, especially around young people, um, coming. And but it but it has, and you know the the thing things need to change, and you know. I think what we're doing here is part of the change, but it's not all of it. And, you know, I sit as part of, like, all of the, many of the key sort of, like, um, statutory NHS and, you know, council sort of mental health conversations and that. And, like, the ambition is there to change. It totally is. And the system is full of lovely people who care about it. Um, But we've got age-old problems of councils and NHS is their actual ability to change so like the excited from our perspective the exciting thing is the appetite's there for the council and the NHS and the world to do things differently I think we've proven over 10 years that we can come up with ways to do things differently that are totally impactful not tokenistic not for the sake of it not novelty based on results but ultimately good and work and you know think in what does the world of tomorrow look like around around look like around mental health rather than yesterday but it's about like and then you've got loads of your grassroots organizations doing great work and with council services and this and that the main main cohesive factor there you've got appetite on all sides you can work with that you know what i mean it's just about like being part of the solution in terms of let's organize and let's work in partnership and let's do things that are that build upon the things that each of us are here and built for and what I, what I mean by that it's like if you take um yeah council councils you know they're one of their key functions should be to be enablers so to so to provide money and to provide reach and introductions into communities and everything um for people and things and organizations with who were built to have great ideas and there's a natural synergy so a lot of the stuff that we do if you take umu for example umu we've been commissioned by the local authority to blue sky think the 
emotional well-being offer for kids who are living um, in care on Whittle um, and actually deliver that for two years and trial it and provide learning and you know you know come back with like we know the way to work with these kids to engage them in the support they need is this 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 and this and this and I think as I think that is council have paid us to do that we're helping the council solve their problem but like open dorifying the response to it so as a little like microcosm project i think that is a good way of summing up how moving forwards local authorities and nhs and everyone can work with the third sector and that's not just us we're not the only people with good ideas mm. in Wirral. And, and like i'd hate that anyone thought that we were but like i think our angle is unique um but that doesn't mean it's you know the next the next i, I could name you 10 third sector organizations having totally unique totally great ideas delivering totally you know fantastic projects but they're not the way that we do it yeah that's a good thing yeah yeah, yeah. having that yeah so what it like i kind of like what we touched on before whatever someone needs there's their version of of help or you know support available for whatever they need at, at that time yeah, yeah yeah i suppose people don't people don't care whether and this is like with the stuff that we're doing with the future and that this is a, a question that's been talked about in these meetings the last couple of days. Like, people don't care who provides their counselling, and people don't care who provides their fixing their car. They mainly provide for what matters is they they can get it. Mm. You know what I mean? And 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 sorry, I don't mean just provides because that's it's the same as the coffee shop thing. You should have a, be able to choose something that works for you. But you, do, it doesn't matter who's paying the bill all the rents on the building you know yeah, it's, it's yeah. the same thing like you know where does the nhs start and end it's like it could very easily in some ways and probably should in, in a lot of ways be an invisible like backer partner to things but there's other spaces where it should absolutely be flipped mm. you know what i mean and it should be front and center and you know for something that is our greatest national asset i think uh yeah, that the people want to stand on the front doorstep and, and clap for and everything like that. <laughs> it's totally right. Um, but I, I think we as a third sector, I'm just talking about Wirral now, uh, we can play a part in like giving it a facelift and making sure that its ability to speak to the public is driven into the you know the modern day rather than uh, the past and stuff. Yeah, definitely. I think sometimes with like... Um just using the NHS as an example because we're talking about it but when an organization is is that big there's often um, a lot of red tape like nothing happens quickly I worked in the NHS for like seven years and um, no, people can't just make changes people can't just bring stuff it takes time the right people have to sign off all these different things have to happen and I suppose by working with the third sector by having that like combined effort well you can make change here much quicker like if someone here has a good idea and you can put everything in place for it you can get that up and running right so having yeah. that that crossover between the two could maybe make things happen a bit <laughs> happen a bit quicker you know make it accessible quicker and it, and it's not just, and, and that it works two ways i mean it's probably worth mentioning here that like we are in the early stages of a project i call it a project it's more to create a building and a space that um it's going to be whatever whatever's great about the bloom building like times it by 10 and times the scale of it by 10 and times the ambition by by 10 and we've secured 
um, three and a half million pounds to to do that. Wow. Um, and what that looks like, it's a completely 50-50 partnership between Open Door Charity and um, it's it's like a, it's, it's NHS on Wirral, but it's a, the uh, NHS Community, Community Trust, which is uh, leading on a sort of consortium of, across, like, you've got the hospital involvement and CWP and all the different NHS trusts and everything involved in that. Right. Um, but this whole conversation we've been talking about for a couple of minutes is exactly that about let's create a building where the NHS lives that doesn't feel like anywhere the NHS has ever lived before. Yeah, yeah. And like from our perspective, yeah, for us that's great, and and I know we can achieve that. But from our perspective, our like sitting us, the, you know, our ability to if we use a case study of our ability to move at speed, it's great. We can do things quickly. We can do things fast. The risk there, which we've fallen, you know, foul to, is you just you don't think things through it through enough. Yeah. And you don't like road test ideas, and you don't consider risk enough. And yeah, we have had stuff in the past where it's like cost us money and time and everything because we've gone into something too quickly. So by working with the NHS, you know, they're bending around us in some ways, but in the same way, we're learning and bending around them. So what what over the next couple of years is going to be you know the journey to creating what's going to be there is going to be a huge learning exercise in the ability of us of the third sector and the NHS to actually work together not in dreamland in like money's in the bank you know we've just commissioned like the architects and the design team and the QSs and everything like the nuts and bolts of it uh, and it's and already in a couple a couple I and mean, it's been about a year the conversation's been ongoing but like truly working on it the last couple of months and like there's been all sorts of like things that ways that we've needed to adapt and learn and ways that the NHS are needing to adapt and learn but ultimately what's going to come out the other side is going to be like a much stronger uh, built for success open door charity you know an NHS that knows how to and has got a case study and how it can truly embed within the public and speak to its audience differently and ultimately like I say the the national centre of excellence in how we do mental health and well-being and culture differently Mm, that's really exciting that's really really exciting i think it's so like you know whatever problems there are with like waiting lists or you know medication or whatever you know whatever people's opinions on it are it's really easy to get just bogged down in that and just focus about it and people will just talk about that all the time you know and you kind of no one it doesn't seem like the conversation is having enough about what is currently out there outside of that. And like you say, where that can go into the, into the future. I mean, that's the point, right? All these conversations about mental health and raise awareness and this isn't good enough. And this has got to change. Like what you've just described is a massive part of that change that, yeah. that everyone's kind of, you know, demanding and talking about, but not really coming up with a solution to it. You know, it's like, it's one thing knowing things need to change it's another thing changing it like the awareness conversation like, all right we're aware now what <laughs> you know you can't do anything with it right exactly. so yeah that's really exciting it's i mean it's the easiest thing in the world to identify problems and like i've, I've i try and embed, embed within all our staff like we as an organization like we're the solution people so the, there should never be a problem even if it's a mundane one like that you know that shouldn't go there or that fridge is broken it's like should come with the fridge is broken but I've spoken to this person about it or like but I thought we could do this and like on a grand scale like that's the way that we work and and, and it's about like 
you know, the solu- yeah, solution people and good partners and like, you know, positivity. But it goes back to what I was talking about originally. Like, sorry, near the near the start of the conversation about like, if you don't like something in the world, do something about it. Mm. And that doesn't need to be like, I'm going to quit my job, and like, you know, get a unit and start a mental health charity. Come and mentor here an hour a week, like, or you know, go and like, I don't know, do some do do. Make up, do a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> start you know something. I mean? yeah. yeah, just like something that fits around your life, fits around your availability, cases your needs, you know, cases to your needs. You have a great time doing it, doing it. You'll love it. You'll achieve great things. And if it closes after two months, but you've had one person, great. Yeah, job, job. That's done. it. Yeah. And yeah. what have you learned from that experience to do the next thing, right? And yeah, yeah. I, I kind of, I think of a lot of things like that. Once you start, it's the hardest thing is starting, but often where you think you're going to go isn't where the benefits come. It's the journey. You yeah. know, it's like while you're trying to make this stuff happen is where the the conversation happens or the introduction happens or the something happens and you think, oh, wow, I'm doing this now. I never set out to do this. I set out to do that thing over there and now this is happening. I never saw this coming. And that's the yeah. beauty of just just starting right and getting going is you really, once that ball's rolling, you don't know. You yeah. don't know what's out there, right? That's been, that's been where like... I mean, like my life in the last ten years has, has just been like riding this, <laughs> so <laughs> not not driving it. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean, like we've ne- we're only recently like um, we've done like obviously because we need to because we're a different organisation now. But like we've never had a plan like or a strategy or what do we want to do? I don't know more of the same. And then you know opportunities like find us. But like yeah, you know, it, it it has you know ten years is. I didn't think it'd be much of much of a thing, you know. <laughs> like, yeah. I just thought like, oh, another another year. But then as it got closer, it was like, it does feel like a thing, and it, and the nature of what's going on. When I've talked about like that, the 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 future being in that you know national centre of excellence stuff, and like, and we've done like a restructure and everything, and just organised here. Um, it feels like the end of phase one, the end of the pilot and the start of the way forward and like i'd even like mention here about like um one of one of my good mates david who, who uh basically went out the day i got the keys for cv road he, he was the uh me and him rode up on our bike we've been up all night in the house and then we rode up on the on the bikes in the morning and like got the keys and we stood in an empty room and it was just like right there i'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to you know give this a go and that but like um, he actually took took his life um, this summer. So in, in in I think it was June or June. It was six months ago, but it was pretty much like you know around the ten year point. So like that period um, of not only the charity's existence, but my life being bookended by that mm. again just feels like it like like parking that segment and, and not parking it like. It's done. It's happened. But that has been the bedrock and the foundation of like um, moving forward and yeah. moving into a future which, like, you know, um, totally, totally is is driven by like wild but realistic ambition and doing you know ever more expansive and ever more interesting work. And ultimately, the reason I say about Dava there is and bookending it is like this was always. It gives it brings you back to the point, and the point was always to create somewhere that me and my mates would walk up to and feel comfortable accessing and 
you know, with what happened to David and everything like that, it's just caused me to sort of revisit that and like make sure that like as we grow and as we develop, we don't move away from what we're here for. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And like you can get excited about new buildings, you can get excited about new projects and everything like that. Fundamentally, we're here for a very, very ever more important reason, and like we've got to give that the significance and importance that it deserves. Uh, and that feels like, you know, you know, not a fork in the road, like a reset. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So it's a, uh, it's a, it's an exciting time, and yeah, good to, uh, yeah. good, 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 good time to, good time to be alive, and good time for this organisation to be like still here and um, healthy. Yeah, it's awesome that you can kind of think about staying grounded while those plans are taking off. Because, like you say, it's, I suppose it would be very easy to get swept along in this massive project that could potentially change the game and then like yeah forget about the the work on the on the ground that's still happening every single day you know while these plans are going on there's still people coming in they're still asking for help they're still getting help there's still people coming in to volunteer you know that's just happening all the time right yeah yeah definitely yeah and it needs to Mm. like in order to continue to deliver to the at the scale that we that we are but like yeah you've just got to you got to keep your um, keep your keep your principles and your values. Like, uh, I'm definitely entering into like Gandhi territory. But preach, <laughs> preach. <laughs> keep your visuals and your print. Uh, keep your vision and your principles grounded. Mm. And like, what is our place in the world? And sometimes it takes something totally awful for you to, for you to um, to realize that. And other times it doesn't. You know what I mean? But it's like. Um, it is. It is what it is, and, and it's like you know, it's ex- it's exciting on, onwards and upwards. And yeah, and yeah. That. I think we're you know a lot of the stuff you just mentioned. You're very much like practicing what you preach as well, Lee, because you know turning um turning uh, uh negatives into positives and looking for solutions, and you know that's a big when people are getting help with their mental health you know how we think and feel about our life and how we approach our mental health that's a big it's starting to flick that switch to say you know right this isn't you know this isn't going to be me forever there is things that I can do that's a big part of turning that turning that around you know and so it's kind of like it's quite nice that you're applying that mindset to what you're doing here and then the people coming here for help are being helped to be able to turn their mindset around as well you know it kind of works parallel i like that yeah yeah i've got yeah i've got the practical issue where the designer for me and my mates and we're all like 35 now so we've, we've couldn't actually uh <laughs> yeah. we've couldn't, we don't actually fit the age range oh yeah that, uh, that. your um your tagline you know run by young people for young people know, you yeah, might have to come expand it see me. <laughs> that's why i hide now in the uh, in other parts of the building and uh other parts of the buildings and you know <laughs> yeah. elsewhere because like people don't want to be seeing a man with with gray hair (laughs) (laughs) so those people coming in mate how do they um how do they access the service like are they are they referred on or is it just you know people coming in off the street or how do people find you it depends on the project but like in terms of the core like bizarre therapeutic yeah uh it's it's, i think it's i'd have to check this but it's always been roughly 50 50 like split in terms of someone being referred or sent via the IAP contract or social care or, you know, something else and people just finding us. I mean, like, you know, I'm probably the last person to, to actually be able to validate this, but like, I, 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 you'd struggle to find someone with 
a negative that negative a perspective on what what we do. You know, our reputation is 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 high. You mm. know, and and like you know, we've got a pretty you know wide reaching word of mouth um, reach, and people come to us via the uh, Instagram or like Facebook or whatever, or just give us a call and go through the website. So, mm. but it's around fifty fifty split and all that. Right. Yeah. Because it always interests me. I think one of the biggest challenges is having any sort of like support system is getting it in front of people yeah. and i always think like when i wasn't very well i didn't know anything like i couldn't have named other than the samaritans i couldn't have named one thing you know and they, sometimes with mental health particularly i think about my own social media and my own like reach through the podcast is there is an element of i suppose like echo chamber about it you know like i know when i'm putting anything on my socials i know i'm talking to the converted right and i was thinking sometimes i think when i wasn't very well and i needed to know what was out there i need to know what was happening to me i needed to know that this like i wasn't completely losing my mind i kind of think like sometimes how could how could i get my podcast in that person's ears in me three years ago's ears and i think it's the same with charity and support like how do we get it in front of the people that really need it because the people who kind of if you really really need it it's you're probably like so far adrift from the mental health world and conversation that you don't even know these things are out there right so that's got to be a challenge and absolutely like again totally cool in conversation with you know to use the example of my mate Dava there you know we were good mates for like 32 years or whatever so like he couldn't have been and he knew he knew well he was dead proud of the charity and got completely got what it was all about and everything and what like didn't mention what was going on but to to uh to me you know what i mean so it's like people who couldn't he couldn't have been more close to the sports he needed but what why didn't he do that mm. and you know we've got to we've got to try and find out not just him but like using as a case study why doesn't a man in that situation do what he needs to do about it and like you know there's, there's all sorts of things about like i'm convinced like hey all other people in that situation like they don't realize how much danger they're in they don't yeah, realize yeah. how ill they are um, that's so true that's so true one minute you think look oh i'm not sure what's going on here and the next minute you're just at the end of the road that's a quick yeah, yeah. a quick process yeah so it's like how do we how do we address that and you know how do you i completely agree it's, it's like the preaching to the converted thing it's like it's great like being like um yeah but like being able to have the reach but you're only reaching into the people who want you already so yeah the challenge is how do we reach the people who aren't aware yet or don't want you and it can be done. I can't give you the answer now. Yeah, but like yeah. It's a very current conversation at the moment in terms of you know how we, how we market and how we promote and how other things that are going on are going to go about like reaching the people that mm. it needs to. Like. Yeah, I suppose that's the the wonderful thing of having the the Bloom venue here is because you can come here for for a coffee and there just happens to be mental health support or you can come here for mental health support and there just happens to be somewhere to get a coffee like it's that kind of those blurred lines that you know that like my tagline for the podcast is normalizing open conversations about mental health so how do we normalize getting help with your mental health and that's like just having it somewhere where you can get a coffee or watch a band or you know like i suppose it's people know know it's here without knowing it's here does that make sense does that kind oh, of yeah. you know so, totally and, and like 
you know, with a, about rec- in terms of recognizing what's all there, I think we we do a really good job of that in terms of like we have people coming for a gig or the you know the the craft fair or like an exhibition opening and like the Monday morning an email land and or a contact land is just saying I was at the event the other day I didn't realize that you, you know what you were doing around the support side of things but like and I, I need it so it's exactly that about like taking it into like normal places. Um, fill with normal people and and like reach people that way but like the really difficult thing is like quantif- uh, like truly understanding that because like it's like with suicide for example you know how many suicides have we prevented as an organization over 10 years i can sit here and, and i know it's going to be dozens and i can base that on the the, the the number of suicides each year and we're all and blah 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 and, and you know the the, the reach of it I've got no evidence for that and mm. it's so so hard to to evidence and well yeah you know, in some ways it's not important to evidence but in other ways when you when you're shouting about like you know what you what you do and you know you need to do that to to, to you know in, in Grantwell or anything like that you can't you can't provide evidence of something never having never happened it's the same in, in terms of like, you know, getting in early with people, and in, in terms of like, because what we're trying to do is get in at the earliest possible stage when someone's feeling, you know, it's starting to get in the way of the way they want to live life, rather than it's completely destroying their life or the you know, on the cusp of like you know harming themselves or whatever, 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 whatever it might be. But it's hard to know whether 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 you've landed at the right point. You know what I mean? Because again, you can't you can't evidence prevention. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's very hard too. Yeah, certainly, yeah. Do you um I don't know, does the does the sort of like the scale of it or some of the the stories that you hear or like how do you balance your own mental health with that? Particularly when it was like a one man band, you know, particularly like early on. Does does it get heavy sometimes, Lee? Like uh, y- uh used to. Yeah. So so you you, you uh, this opened and it was great and it all took off and then two or three years in like there was there's been a couple of points where like we like it's a significant risk you know probably usually about money well always about money where we didn't we just didn't have the money and like it was like I think it was a grand and a half in the bank or something and, and like it was like and I had a couple of bids out but like it it was uh, it's emotionally dangerous when you create something that is that is your baby your as it, this I'm talking like three or four years in you know yeah, it was, it was yeah. totally my baby totally my thing I felt totally responsible to the public for it being there and like lying in bed at night and totally playing on my well being that like if this closes people are going to go and kill themselves and mm-hmm. people people's lives are going to be ruined and that's my fault and all that sort of stuff. And ultimately, that mixed with just you know the, the, all of the you know, totally obvious ingredients of stress, like spinning too many plates. So it was like there was no one to work in there. So I was doing too many things in work. I was living doing something else over here. You know, in, in control of nothing, all underpinned by this like um, it, it responsibility to the public and to the people um, who were here for. And I had a nervous breakdown, like totally, like head fell off one one day, and like terrifying, horrendous, you know, much worse than the 
original like anxiety or whatever just starting it and like a thought had gone mad thought had lost my mind thought something had snapped um and and that and again underpinned by like getting a panic attack like once a month and it was once a week and then it was once a uh, you know whenever and then it was like so my body's telling me stop it yeah. stop it stop it <laughs> and like didn't listen to it and head fell off you know the, the i i threw myself into anything that would get me back to feeling normal like all these like the the EFT, the tapping, yeah, like, yeah, you know, all the all this sort of stuff, uh, you know, exercising, my 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 headspace, like at that point, just like totally changed my life. I did it every day for like a year and a half or something like that. And what's come out the other end is a version of me that is that will never happen again. I would never ever let it go, let it go that far again. Mm. Uh, th- so it's a better version of me, and it's a version of me that like. You know, has doesn't feel the same weight. If this closed tomorrow, I care, but like I will have known that I've done everything to prevent within my power to prevent it, so it wouldn't like destroy me. You know, it, and and ultimately, you know, it's like I view like uh, a six, what success looks like for me is if I can create if I, if I can lead this organization to a space where it doesn't need me anymore. That's like. The perfect outcome and yeah, you know, it's yeah. not happening tomorrow and that but like i'm really really good now at, at um drawing emotional lines and emotional barriers between myself and the organization and you know i think i've learned that yeah but because uh, i've had to um yeah yeah and that's the same isn't it it's the same with like with any job that's such a common thing to get swept along in it you know whether it's your own business or whether it's someone else's business or whatever yeah you know and that's a big part of the the awareness conversation sometimes when it comes to awareness i think we talk about like mental health awareness but we don't drill down enough into where these where these breaks happen where these cracks happen and modern society is so good as well at letting us like not acknowledge this stuff or not to feel it and distract ourselves and you know it's uh i talked to me talk to me mates and that and it's like someone saying like oh you know i can't switch off after work i'm lying in bed all night you know thinking about work and that that's like textbook stress yeah you know it's like that's that's exactly what it is and you know call it what it is so then you once you know that and you think wait there he's right there get on headspace and as soon as you do and you do something about it you know you, you, you're nipping in the bud don't you but it's like it's, it goes back to the whole thing of like you said about like uh, people not realising the danger they're in with um, with suicide and suicidal ideation and that but it's like people don't realise that they're depressed or anxious or mm. stressed stress the stress is like you know stress is like everywhere yeah. <laughs> it's like become like this like you know bedfellow of work that like it's totally like and it doesn't need to, and it shouldn't it doesn't need to be mm. I need to use the word should because it goes against the whole like CBT stuff but it's like <laughs> you know if it is just do something about it and and that comes from self awareness and stopping it and 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 recognizing in yourself I feel differently here and I'm not saying that like you know I I have periods where 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 I'm lying in bed at, at night and stuff like that and like but but want to try and make sure to do then is change something yeah you know what i mean and like yeah. get back on the headspace get on my bike go for a run 
stop drinking so much like whatever whatever it whatever it is and i'm not sitting here claiming to be perfect but like i think in turn if you saw I've, I've got a really good well-developed level of self-awareness and a toolkit of what i know will make me feel good and stay feeling good because i've been surrounded by this work for 10 years or whatever but also like i've had to learn it personally from that like the nervous breakdown yeah thing. yeah i mean yeah. self-awareness is like the that's the biggest tool isn't it you know that's the thing that so many people are lacking i know as i was lacking i was so under self-aware i didn't i couldn't even put like names on my emotions you know i didn't even like feel stuff you know like i just everything was so suppressed and yeah very similar to yourself now like now i know like i can i can have i can have blips i can have bad days bad weeks but i know i'm never gonna go back to the that dark point again because i I, i'll catch it first but i've learned i've had to learn the hard way but you know i suppose i think you've touched on something i really want to say there that like like just um, pull that mic across a little bit yeah yeah um like true like like depression and that people think and one of the reasons that people don't think and don't think that they are is because people think that the definition of depression is feeling sad all the time when in reality it's about feeling nothing you know sometimes that could sometimes it can be sadness and, and and all that but like another version of it is you feel nothing at all and if you feel nothing at all why would you think you're depressed or, or, or <laughs> yeah. anxious or whatever yeah. you know what i mean so it's like it's a very very cruel um um snide condition <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but it's just like tricks it tricks you and makes you question yourself and like all this sort of like thinks it pretends to be your friend and like you know i suppose similar to like alcoholism in, in, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways where it's like you think it's you think it's there to save you but it's not you yeah know I mean? yeah um and in amongst the i always found like in amongst the the bad times there can be good times as well and that's like now when I look back, I tend to kind of dwell on all the like really awful things that happened. And my wife always reminds me, she says, we had good times in between. And that's another reason why it's hard for people to get help because sometimes you wake up the next day and you go, what the hell was that? I feel, no, I'm good. I feel, oh, we'll just forget about it. You know, yeah, just forget yeah. that happened. And you might have months, you might have months where life's really, really good. And you feel, I've got away with it. I'm not going to get get the help, you know? Yeah. And it's that's, that took me a lot of learning is to kind of, do the stuff that I need on the good days and the bad days, you know, not just like the bad ones. A lot, a lot of like the theoretical, like underpinning of our interventions, like bizarre, and um, yeah, we got one called Harmonizer, which is like with future yards, like the music industry. It's like CBT, and it's like that, like you know, und- understanding the, um, you know, t- taking it, taking a view. Of a, of a situation and of your thoughts like they're not yours and, and and analyzing them from like an outside perspective which is just like it's just so important like yeah yeah very much so yeah yeah so just just to touch on that actually we mentioned the like the referral process so once someone comes in and signs up as a as a member what's like step one i'm just trying to get an idea of like the journey for someone like coming through your um your yeah. system do they come in and get paired up with a mentor is that how it how yeah, it yeah. Works? so so a contact will come either um someone refers someone or a contact comes through the website that's the best for anywhere, anyone listening like the best way is through the website and the contact form and everything um we will be in touch with that person you know we i don't we don't put it 
put a time limit on it. But if it's during the week, it'll be that day or the next day. They will get a phone call from a member of the team who will then talk with them and explore what element, what area of the organisation uh, interests them. Um, if they want to move forwards, they then register them as a member of the charity. And like once you're a member, the idea is you won't just, if you're coming for the support side of things, you won't just do that. You can come for that and then you want to go straight into the training like once that cut once that course has ended or come to the life drawing or come to um i don't know love shy which is going to be coming up on valentine's day was like speed dating for people nervous about dating and all that whatever it is the, the whole range of what we do is open to you and made available to you if you're doing the support once you sign up um we sh- we should um, be able to get you in for the next week to just start the course and it's an hour a week for eight weeks uh, you know and that's what we mean by no no waiting list sometimes if it's on a Monday then we can get you in sometimes on you know Thursday or Friday that week but we just speak to the mentor um, pair you up make the practical arrangements this time you know make sure it suits for both people and then you get started and you get underway and once you're in hopefully you stay in and you know once you do the end of the bizarre course you hopefully you remain involved and you come to a gig or you become without it sounding like grand it's like we want to we want to try and cultivate like a community of like-minded individuals that has support altruism social action culture music gigs art at its heart and really people feel part of that um yeah and then if a different project is different like we've got the family team which is doing you know what might be the colors intervention or the stuff we're doing around leaf which is around uh, where there's um, inter-family uh, violence going on, um, or like Furumu, I mean, that's slightly different with it being specific to the world of, you know, care and people living in foster care and, you know, people being care experienced. So there's a slightly different process around that. But generally, we, we want to make it as easy as possible between someone getting to the support that they need as quick as they can. Yeah. Oh, mate, that's awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. And what I'm um, just to kind of, I'll start to wrap up, mate. I'm sort of very conscious of your time. I've got no idea how long we've been talking for. I've not, I'm going to watch or anything, but I that's wanted- my fault. <laughs> I do have a habit of, uh, you know, not stopping talking. Oh, mate, like I'm, I'm the same. I can go full Rogan at the drop of a hat. It's not a problem for me. Um, but yeah, I wanted to ask you about your recent um, television appearance on Dr. Alex's TV oh, program. Yeah. That must have yeah. been a, a trip, having him come down and uh, have a bit of a chat to yourself on the um, on the BBC, it's, mate. It's it's weird. It's like that we like not something we planned, but there was like a period of like a month where like I think like Granada tonight with got us on, and then there was the Dr. Alex thing, and then we were on Capital Radio with. Uh, Amanda Holden and Jamie Theakston. Yeah, yeah. It was like we, we, someone could look from the outside and think, wait there, these have got a new like PR or something. But like, <laughs> it wasn't. It was just all organic. But like, you know, doc, Dr. Alex, in terms of like, um, you know, the, the, he's like nationally the lead for the conversation around, you know, in a, in a, in a government think perspective around yeah. like the response to young people's mental health and like, you know, amazing to, to get him that he, he's sound just a normal fella you know he talked on the program he's talked far and wide about his lived experience and mm. the, uh, losing his brother and everything like that so I mean he's just like you or, or me or anyone he's just someone who who cares who wants to do something about it who wants to use his platform that he's got because of uh, the, the program for something good and 
you know, he's just a lovely fellow on the day. I mean, amazing exposure for us, like BBC One and all that. So um, it's really good. And then he, he, uh, he got a couple of our um, T-shirts that we've got for, like, Bazaar and uh, for the Bloom Builder and that. And then we noticed over Christmas he was putting up uh, some of his pictures. He put up with his family, he had the tops on and that. So <laughs> Sick, man. He hasn't, uh, he hasn't just bought them and thrown them in the cupboard. He's, uh, <laughs> yeah. he's actually wearing them. But like, we're in the process at the moment of just tying down some really, really exciting uh, charity ambassadors as well because you know it's something that's been on, on our to-do list for forever, really. But we've never really uh, tied down properly we had we, we had Shirley Ballas involved years ago when we were in this card and stuff but like um some of the people who we're speaking to now about being ambassadors you know to drive forwards this organization as it is now is really really exciting so that's all there uh, in the pipeline and yeah yeah it's, it sounds like you know, plenty of exciting stuff coming yeah. up mate yeah and yeah. it's it, it quite it seems like this sort of you have kind of like some short-term goals within the long-term goals as well you know like there's a lot of a lot of things simmering a lot of things cooking and then working towards that that bigger picture yeah i mean like yeah the short them it's it's a case of make sure that our business as usual you know those core pillars and the heart of what we do is the best it can be we're in, we're in a period of um we're refocusing not that we lost focus. But every time I say this, I feel like I've misrepresented it and made it sound like what we were doing is bad, but it's not. But like at the start of the summer, you know, we were supporting um, just over two hundred young people and young adults a week, just with the support side of things. And there was about I think there's ninety two mentors actually delivering that. You know, made us, to my knowledge, easily the largest independent provider of like talking ther therapies in the city region and all that sort of stuff. But like, it's it, those that feels hollow, you know what I mean? Because like, and I'm not, and this is where I'm saying I always challenge myself because I'm not saying that it was bad, but we need to instead of being the biggest, be the totally the best, and not and and not and make sure that the experience for every single member and every single mentor is the most totally transformational that it can be and it's absolutely um tailored to each individual person their individual needs and we can do that you know we you know it's not something that like happens overnight you know and again i'd caveat all this i'm saying i'm not saying that what we do is like you know factory and not care like we're achieving amazing things and the feedback's great but we can always do better and like we're definitely in that period of transition in, in that space which is really exciting so that's on the short short term you know we're, we've, we've done a full restructure boring business side of things we've got a full restructure but that we need to live in that you know short term aims we need to live in that the way that we've done that is to create space for everybody to grow and develop staff wise and to make sure that people feel totally in control of their projects and ultimately taking their projects to the public in new and better ways so it's about living in that but all of this being underpinned by, you know, the elephants in the room that is this like to create the, the national center of excellence in how you do mental health and well-being and public health and whatever it might be differently, um, which is not an opportunity that we've like pipe dream and let's go out and find the money. Like we've, we've got the money, um, and we've we're at the process at the moment of like 
try and engage with public and stakeholders and get people's opinions and shape and ultimately get our graphic uh, get the architect who are now on board and the team the design team to be part of that process so that what is designed and what's built and what goes on in that building is totally totally informed not by what lee and bloom building and the open door charity thinks that people want by what people have told us that they want and we don't want people to tell us what they think is doable we want people to tell us what they think is their dream in terms of this space and it doesn't matter whether it's doable because we'll get as close as we can to it being a reality there's nothing we can't do i'm totally i've i've, I've 10 years has given me a very like um wildly inflated sense of we can do anything because like we can you know it's, it's like you know totally like rip up the rule book of how these things are done yeah well we've we've sort of been doing that for 10 years and everyone loves us for it so it's like it's about building on that and treating what we've done before as i said earlier on in the in the in the chat about like it's a, all john is pilot it and we've only touched the service surface of of what it is and like you know if we can come out of it with like a essentially health center style services that in one part of the building you've got a thousand capacity nightclub in another part of the building you've got whittles like grassroots like taste or fact and you know all that sort of stuff which the convenience gallery are going to be involved in you've got a free immediate no waiting list across any of it therapeutic offer around depression anxiety stress and panic attacks for ages 5 to 30 under one roof you've got a suicide prevention service which is all built about human experience and digging deeper into like you know the experience um, connections and you know all that sort of stuff as well as the largest independent provider talk therapy and all that sort of <laughs> stuff it's like that's done we know that's going on in the building but that won't even take up a quarter of the building so it's like what 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 does the rest of it look like we need to dig deep and excavate that and ultimately like blow apart people's expectations of what what is doable and achievable yeah i love the idea of kind of like using the idea to build a space around rather than getting a space and then trying to squeeze the ideas in right it kind of it gives you so much more options just to be able to come up with the idea and then house it rather than you know traditionally it's got to be the other way around doesn't it, it it's, it's yeah usually, usually but people don't usually give third sector organizations three and a half million quid to, <laughs> to, to, to go in there yeah to go wild to really. make it happen yeah but an, an example being we know that like because it that the focus of it is is looking at being like children young people families and you know that younger adult demographic and everything a bit older than what we've been doing it already and but like thinking it's going to be in that in that space but something for everyone but you think like well okay well say somebody say say my family i needed to access some sort of service or support you know you've got the you know the basics are that it should go in you should go in and it should be exciting it should be colorful and it shouldn't feel like you're a service user and it should pique your interest but what do you do when you you need counselling or you need support? What do you do with the kids? You know, or, yeah, or, or like yeah. you know, practical things like that. So it's like, or like, where do you where do, where do you or I go with our kids to socialise together? Bubbles, you'll take the kids and they'll sit, they'll play in there, and you sit in the you sit in the in the cafe mm. on your phone or like, um, you know, different stuff like that. So we're thinking like in the grass area. 
you know, putting shipping containers on top of one another with like DJ booths in them, with like kids slides coming down the side. So like everyone's catered to yeah, in one space. Yeah. Like our our Craig and, uh, is doing it over at Future Yard. They've just they're about to start uh, something called Mosh Tots, which is like gig gigs for kids. Oh mate! But mum and dad are part of that. Yeah, they're happy. The bar's open. It's like everyone. It's something for everyone. It's a, it's a really like nice neat. And lo and behold, that sold out. And I think the only thing that sold out quicker than it was uh, they had OMD on. Right, it sold yeah. out in like 20 seconds or something. First time they played in, in Wirral since 1977 or right, something. Yeah. And this sold out in like five minutes, nice. like Mostot. So you put on other dates and that sold out. So it just shows like there's an appetite for it. And sorry, I'm straying away from the, from the point there, but like this space needs to be able to truly cater to what people want. And everything, although some things will be providing services and interventions and stuff, everything will be through the funnel of would I take my my family there? Yeah. And if I would, great. But at this stage as well, let's ask that pub because me and my family, we're, we're not, we're, we're a totally regular family, but our, what we want is different to the next 100 mm. families and what they want. So we need to have a, have a clear idea of what's needed and then build the space based on that because you can't go back and put the shipping containers in once you've put a pagoda in there. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah. So once it's, about, it's done, it's done. It's about getting it right and doing it the right way around. Yeah. And casting the net far and wide. Yeah. Then. And it, it like there's so many factors that come into having, maintaining like good mental well-being, like things like community, things like connection, and they're all things that modern life like takes from us right and then but to have these these sorts of spaces regardless of the support regardless of the like the official um clinical you know therapy whatever looking after people just having these spaces where like families can come together and, and be families with other families without that separation that you know talk yeah. about like the, the soft play areas and stuff like that even that is going to benefit people's mental health you know because yeah. the communities like places are fractured right you know people don't know their neighbors anymore There's, there aren't places to go you know you your kids similar age to mine and you you kind of run out of places to go and things you can do together and yeah yeah so the idea of even having that let alone combining it with the other stuff is that's so exciting i mean that's going to be one of where we talked about the invisible things in this organization that we put a great deal of emphasis emphasis in and and, and importance in or on or whatever whatever the right way of saying it is it's like that like i'm, I'm not for just for the point of providing a rationale behind a thousand capacity nightclub in a health center but like what's what are nightclubs there for it's not it's not for people just to get drunk if i think back to my youth and going to festivals we it, without explicitly thinking it you go for that one ship and yeah you, and you go to you know, really like you're firming up friendships, you're building your own identity, you're, you know, getting a, a view of the world, the, the, you're building your view of the world and everything, everything yeah, like that. Yeah. And we've seen through COVID, once you take it out, like that's, that's what people miss. And it's like that camaraderie and kinship and arms around each other. You know, it doesn't, the great thing about going and get out and getting drunk is not that you're, you're drunk, it's that like you'll have conversations, different conversations that you would normally and and like arms around each other and you know the whole festival thing your yeah, mates on your shoulders yeah. that doesn't that doesn't doesn't happen without the space to do that so that's why there should be a nightclub in a health center because it's achieving health objectives you know yeah 
Yeah. It's oh, almost amazing. like I'm speaking to the licensing department. There. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's one for another. <laughs> Indeed, a, another yeah. Day. Yeah, a different uh, hurdle to uh, to jump over, mate, yeah. I'd imagine. Yeah. Oh, mate, that's such a pleasure. I'm so glad we could make this happen. Um, you know, like obviously I've been kind of starting to knock about here a little bit over the last uh, few months and I just I just love it I love what you're doing here um yeah that vibe you talked about is just there it's just a, a lovely place and yeah to hear hear that story and to hear where it came from and where it's going I just think that's wonderful mate I thank you so much for your time today nice one and, th- and thank you uh so much for for having us I, th- I think it, it's just such a I mean since I came across the podcast that it's like it's sitting in such a unique space um and like I was saying before about people like talking themselves out, giving stuff a go, like make sure that you sit back and feel proud about like the fact that not only you started it, that you're making a success of it and you're doing everything like that and you're building like that whole thing of like negative life experience into something like truly positive. So keep it up and good on you. And whatever we can um, do or link in around or whatever, you know where we are. And I'm sure there's going to be loads of that oh mate I hope so yeah, yeah. thank you thank you very much cheers man nice one cheers, cheers man. sorted mate yeah sorted <laughs> thank you for listening from the proper mental podcast. Please like and subscribe. Plus five stars.